you're able to create these lasting relationships that are truly invaluable to your business. Hello, this is Sue Freck, and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers, we will explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and toast brands making impactful consumer connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity and come away a happier and smarter marketer. Thank you so much for joining me today to hear from Alex Colkin. What I love about speaking with Alex, besides her infectious positive attitude, is that she makes her work sound so easy. When in reality, building a deep, meaningful relationship with customers, and mind you, an authentic relationship is not easy. I believe one of her secret sauces is her passion for what she does. Alex will provide you not only with insights and learnings, but she's also going to share what the homey factor is and remind you how important it is to be purposeful in your interactions. So welcome to this week's episode of the Happy Marketer Connection. Some weeks I really struggle with the theme, although this week the theme was super easy and you will absolutely understand why after you hear from this week's guest. So let's dive in. This week's theme is one of my favorites. It's core to my business, Vesta. It's also a topic that comes up in almost every single sales or prospecting meeting. The theme is engagement. I always say that engagements, it's one of those marketing terms that has like so many different meanings when you ask people. In the 90s, you know, we knew the trend was relationship marketing. In the 2000s, the trend was bloggers and social media, really digital, the move to digital marketing, but even influencer marketing. But today, I really do believe it is about engagement. What I love about engagement is I don't think it's a trend. I actually am confident that true engagement is really here to stay, and it's what's going to drive the success of so many companies um, in, the, in the market. So to us at Vesta, engagement's about building this emotional connection with your audience. It's touch points you know, all along the way of the consumer journey. It's a two-way dialogue. And it's not just, you know, a one-way message or an email like it was in the 90s. It's also a feedback loop. It's like listening to your customers, not nameless, faceless panels or paid influencers. But when it's done right, there's always this huge value exchange. And when it's done poorly, it's transactional and it tends to fade. And if done well, it delivers that lasting loyalty, which is what Alex Colkett, our guest of this week, is here to talk about. So I'd love to introduce Alex. Alex, welcome so much to the podcast. Yes, Sue. Thank you so much for having me. Alex, you are the content and community strategist at Sir Kensington's. It is a food company for those that don't know. You really should get out there and buy some products. It's incredible. Um, it was started with a really strong purpose, and I do want you to tell that story. And you were able to also grow the business. Even after being acquired by Unilever, you were able to stay true to those values. So I think that's really important for people to hear as well. So Alex, we're going to get started with an icebreaker. As you know, my podcast is called The Happy Marketer Connection. I always think of myself as someone who brings positive energy to the room, but in speaking with you, I know you have this trait as well. So looking at your LinkedIn, I see you've described yourself as energetic, and I think there was even someone in your network that said you have this positive energy that's infectious. So my question is, where does your optimistic attitude, your energy, where does it come from? That is a great question. So I think inherently, I've just always been a very positive, like outgoing personality. When I was younger, um, I was a dancer. So I was on stage, I performed, it was like my dream to be on stage. And so 
I always love personally just bringing a smile to other people's faces. So having the attention on me, which is actually like a joke from my sisters and my family <laughs> now, but any way to really like lighten up a situation or make something potentially negative into a positive outcome, I think is just the way I was raised and, and that infectious positivity kind of radiates out of me in a natural way. And I've learned to embrace it because a life throws a lot of obstacles at you and you yes. just have to kind of go with it. I think that really drives me to continue with my positivity because there are things you cannot control. And so you got to just go for it in, in the best mindset and attitude that you can. And so, yeah, I think that's really where it comes from. Always, always being in the middle of like a lot of activity with my family and really trying to bring the light in all those situations. I love that. So I'm a, I was a dancer as well. I almost said I am a dancer. That's a long time ago, but I know what you mean. And I like being on the stage, I would light up. Both my daughters are dancers now, so I see it with them. And it brings like, it brings a confidence if you know you can make this, make someone smile or bring enjoyment to others. So I, I love that about you. So I just, I think that's a, a great response and, and it's so fun being around you, which I love as well. So let's talk about Sir Kensington, the company that you work for. As you know, I already mentioned, I love this brand. You have some of the richest flavors in condiments and sauces that I've ever tasted. Can you tell me, for listeners who don't know, just talk about who Sir Kensington is, who the founders are, how it got started? Yeah, of course. So um, we have two co-founders, Mark and Scott, and uh, they founded the business nearly 10 years ago off of this idea that at that time, there was this evolution uh, within the food space that consumers were wisening up and really understanding that preservatives and high fructose corn syrup was really being demonized. And for, for good reason, our food went from being this like delicious, wonderful experience to this like commercialized factory manufactured process. And so while they noticed that there was this evolution within like the broader food space where consumers were begging for cleaner, better tasting products without all of that junk, condiments were really being left behind. So they set out to make a bold, delicious, absolutely top-notch, good flavor ketchup that didn't have high fructose corn syrup any of the preservatives or any of like the fake things that you don't really want in your food to begin with. So that's when they had their first tasting party, two um, products, the classic ketchup and the spicy ketchup, both of which are on shelves today still, which is awesome. Um, and the business really took off from there. They then started, they met somebody who was a buyer for Dean and DeLuca. So they set up little tasting stations, which were technically our first demos um, within Dean and DeLuca. Um, and so people just started getting, getting into like the flavor of it, which was the whole point, um, to begin with and really kind of breaking through the condiment space with those ketchups. And so now we have a complete lineup with our Mayo, which has certified humane free range eggs. So again, top notch, like highest quality ingredients. We use all non-GMO, um, and our product line has extended far beyond that. We have Mayo, mustard, ketchup. Our new everything sauce is a vegan mayo with a um, sustainable like food waste product of aquafaba, which I can talk about if you're interested. Um, but yeah, so we really did set out to defend the dignity of food. That was like the original purpose of the business. And now we're continuing to do that within the condiments and dressing space. It's so fun. So is that where the Sir Kensingtons came from? The defending the dignity of the food? I love that. Yep. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's actually our, our leading purpose today. Um, that is all over our office walls. It is on our website. Like we have set out to defend the dignity of food. Love that. And it's so important. I mean, and it's not, again, you're working in a business that's not a trend. It's people being aware, having access to information and being able to know what is going in their food, what, what ingredients are going in their food and how important that is. So that brings me to the point. So you have this message all around your office. What about your core values? You had talked to me um, a little bit about the core values, and I believe this is, and we'll get to your story also, how they acquired you, um, such incredible talent, but you talked about the secret ingredient is people. What, what does that mean? That means a lot of things. It is the secret ingredient is people is probably my favorite value because it means our company genuinely cares about the people within its entire network, not just the people that sit in the company, in our office, but everybody we touch along our entire supply chain. So that includes the farmers that we work with and we source our ingredients from. That includes our manufacturers and the people who are within those facilities helping us produce our products. That also incorporates our impact partners. We have a cohort of nonprofit organizations that we support from a volunteer standpoint and from a monetary standpoint. Um, and so all of those different touch points, all of those people really are what makes our Kensington special. Um, and that really harkens back to that secret ingredient is people um, because people are core to our business and core to who we are. Yeah. Um, so it makes it really easy to be aligned with that value because not only do I feel supported within the company, but then I also feel like I'm also supporting this larger mission. Again, mm -hmm. back to our purpose to defend that dignity of food. Which I absolutely love. So, so talk to me about, you know, we have listeners that are, of course, far along in their career. We have listeners that are making career changes and we have listeners that are first time marketers. Talk to me about how you ended up in marketing. What does that career path look like from school to now you're at Sir Kensington? Yeah. So I actually started my career in experiential marketing. I thought at the time I was like, okay, this is like a really cool opportunity to build these wild immersive experiences that will directly connect with and impact a customer in a very non-traditional way. Um, so I thought this was a really awesome, innovative way to use my communication degree. Unfortunately, I quickly learned that it's very heavy in logistics and production. So when push came to shove and like the event was actually happening, I spent more time behind the scenes making sure every little detail was executed to perfection um, instead of really having that face-to-face -face interaction with the customers who were there to enjoy the event. So that really, it was extremely informative and like super eye-opening, but my heart really was connected to making more of an impact. Um, so after my short stunt in event production and experiential marketing, I actually pivoted to the digital side into social strategy. Um, and this is, I was really attracted to the idea of developing these online communities because it was, a and that's really where marketing was shifting into like this digital age, digital world of social media. Um, and I was like very attracted to that because those platforms were built for human interaction and connection. So I was really interested in getting onto those platforms and building those bases of communities and interacting with those people in a very unique way. While I loved the work of it, and I'm still doing it today, I was agency side at the time, and that posed its own obstacles, 
I felt very removed from the work itself. And we were constantly having to sell in ideas um, instead of being able to like move quickly and be scrappy. And our clients at the time really focused on impressions because it was the beginning of the digital age. And you were basically taking what you knew from traditional marketing, which was, okay, if I have a TV commercial, how many eyeballs can I get to watch it? And that methodology was applied within the digital space and social first started. And so it was like, how many people can I get to see this ad in the newsfeed versus what's going to make someone stop and really think about my brand? So um, we were trying to do these really awesome, engaging activations, but our clients were really pushing us in the other direction to be like, okay, how much media dollars can we put behind this ad just to get it to as many people um, who can see it? And then also at the time I was working across a handful of brands being agency side. So it made it difficult for me to really be passionate about the work because there, none of the brands that I worked on really aligned with my personal values. So talk about that. Yeah, the personal values. So that's something that you've shared with me. You found at Sir Kensington's. What, what does that look like during that interview process and making that decision to, to make the leap? Because it is a leap from agency to brand side. Oh yeah, it's a totally different environment. I, so I went to school in Vermont. I went, I went to school at the University of Vermont and mission-driven um, ideas and education was baked into my degree. So you have Ben and Jerry's, one of like the biggest activist companies out there um, in my backyard when I was at school. And that was like the gold star standard for what a brand should be. And so because it was in my backyard, that's like a lot, my professors worked there. And so they took a lot of what they were doing on the ground there into the classroom. Um, and so I was always interested in, okay, business has to be more than just to make a sale. If you really want to connect with somebody, it has to have some type of emotional connection and they have the power like to really make a difference. I want to work for a company that cares about these larger issues that we're facing because that's where you can really see change. So I was immediately attracted to Sir Kensington's because first I, I knew they were a B Corp, a B Corporation. And so basically, um, if you don't know what a B Corporation is, it's a company that doesn't only work for their shareholders, they work for all stakeholders. And so they use business as a force for good. And so I was attracted to Sir Kensington's because B Corporation is the epitome of a mission-driven business. So they are not only held accountable by that certification to continue that certification, but then they also have all of these different smaller pieces of that mission built into every aspect of the business, which is really awesome. So during my interview process, that was actually something I talked a lot about, um, how much we talk about our impact, how much I will have an impact on that communication strategy. And so I was really attracted to that. And then back to our values of, we put special sauce on everything, making every touch point really unique and wonderful. And our secret ingredient is people like the, all of those things married together really, really, really attracted me to the brand. And then I'm a diehard fan of our spicy brown mustard. So <laughs> the endless supply of that is definitely a nice perk of like cherry on huge top. Perk. Of, yeah, huge perk. Yeah, huge perk. Exactly. You, do you get to go in the testing kitchen? Is that something that, that is an opportunity working there? So Elliot, who is our R&D manager, is constantly making samples in the back and then he'll just leave them out for us to all eat and taste. Fun. So we are, we are always like the first taste testers. It was, we actually just had our 10th 
anniversary of the company. And so every year, thank you. Every year we always have a live tasting party of all of our new innovations, but unfortunately we couldn't do it in person this year, but Elliot and and Catherine, our our, um, director of product, she was adamant about still having that experience. So they mailed us four 24 ounce jars of mayo and a bunch of our new innovations. And so we did a virtual tasting party together. So that was, yeah, yeah, that was really fun. And I could totally picture you doing that with your consumers as well. Like they would, they would absolutely love that. So talk to me, you know, we, you've made such a good point about the difference between impressions and, and real engagement. When did you realize that engagement was more important than just impressions? You know, what, why quality over quantity and, and really just talk about that experience that you deliver, you've built a community and that experience you deliver to that audience. Yeah. So I think we can start in the social media sphere because that's really where these like impression metrics started. Um, and as we've mentioned before, like the rise of the digital age, call it like 2000 to 2010, the shift from traditional media onto these digital platforms is really happening. But again, that methodology of let me reach as many people as possible was applied to the digital space. And then you have the explosion of mobile in 2010, which is like up to today, still kind of happening where Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, there was obviously large interest from brands to be on that platform. But that that decade, that time period is really where you see the monetization of those platforms expand exponentially. Um, and I think there was a drastic, drastic shift between pre-2019 and post-2019 on those platforms where a few things really happened to make me really pay attention to engagement and kind of shift away from that impression model that had kind of been at the forefront ever since digital started. So I think there was an oversaturation of advertisements on those platforms. Hashtag ad usage was up, I believe, 33% from 2018 versus 2019. And so that is really starting to make users skeptical of the authenticity leading to like a serious distrust of brands. Because if you're just seeing a platform that was built for your friends and families to form those connections to now every two posts is an advertisement and you're just like, okay, this is not really what I want to be seeing. And then you also have trust deterioration happening from influencer marketing. I think everybody and their mother was trying to get their products in the hands of somebody who had a large following. And then again, that leads to serious inauthenticity and wild distrust of brands, because not only are you getting sponsored content, but then all of the people that you were following within this like community aspect are now also just like throwing products in your face and you're like, what is going on? And so I think the channels that were built to encourage meaningful interactions with your friends are now to a certain degree devoid of this connection and like a dumping ground for just one-way broadcast messages. So I think with the volume of advertising content, you really were pushed to do more than just like send an ad out there and get lost within the shuffle. You needed to do something that made people stop. And you also had this other tactic of rebuilding your trust with consumers because that's the other thing. Consumers got really smart. They're seeing all this content and you, it's not like they're blind to it. They, they know what an advertisement is, that you have to disclose that in the caption. You have to say paid partnership. There's no way of getting around those things. So 
the one-to-many broadcast approach on those channels no longer worked and engagement and re-engagement is becoming crucial to the success there, um, I really think. And you're seeing that. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think, especially over the past two years, so we use Instagram as our primary social channel. Right. Um, and definitely over the past two years, it has just so quickly been monetized and the updates of the ad, like the different ad units that you can, it's just, it's kind of crazy um, how much they're investing in making it shoppable. Everything on the platform now is shoppable. And you're like, okay, that's great. Like Instagram, I used to go to look at beautiful pictures and see what my friends were doing and share these authentic moments. And now it's like the complete opposite of that, which is really unfortunate. But with that said, I think it leaves a huge opportunity to really shift your focus from, again, this one-to-many broadcast message approach where you're just looking for quantity. Um, and then you're really just now focusing on quality because in my mind, relationship management of the customers you already have is so critical because it's easier to keep existing customers than to go find new ones at this point. So focusing on quality allows you to develop these real relationships with your highly qualified consumers. That's more than just a business transaction. And instead of projecting this need for your product, you're really talking about this, this lifestyle and you're bringing them more into the fold and adding value to their life outside of just eat my ketchup. It's like, okay, we also offer you a recipe. We also have this community you can be a part of. You also can talk directly to nutritionists if you're interested in paleo and want to learn more about that. So we have all these other touch points and connection points to make you believe in the brand and build this authority outside of just buy, 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 you need this product because also there's like a million products out there. So, you know, I think the added value element is, is extremely, extremely important. It's so true. And that's where that engagement comes in. And, And we've all seen it with the social channels and especially what's happening right now with brands pulling spending on those social channels. You know, the reason we built our company, one of the reasons was to give brands a place as a home for their audience because mm-hmm. we're, we're social platform agnostic. You know, we're introducing new platforms as they come in, but it's not about that. It's about the engagement. And it's so interesting to see how fast the shifts are in 2020. Things are moving faster than I've ever seen. That, that took 10 years. You know, if, if, if brands are abandoning spending in these big social channels, it's happening quickly. It's just really remarkable and and interesting to see what's going to happen. And you've built, you know, your own audience and community and a relationship um, and are so focused on engagement. And I think that will be one of the reasons that, you know, your, your brand wins and wins time and time again, because if you're going to talk about a brand, you're more likely to talk about Sir Kensington's if you know you have access to a nutritionist or you know you have access to content and recipes and other like-minded people, and you're not just being thrown in an ad every day. Interested in building a home for your audience? Our Vesta solution powers online communities, giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections. To learn more, visit us at vesta-go.com. So I do have a question from one of our Smiley community members. So for those of them who don't know, Smiley is our own community at Vesta, and we have over a million consumers. The question was, for you personally, you know, what brands are doing a good job with building relationships with their consumers and their customers? 
Yeah, I love this question. I think there are a ton of brands doing a really great job. And I think, like you said, you have to be kind of platform agnostic and explore opportunities to build these relationships outside of social channels where you really don't have control of those audiences or conversations. Um, so the first brand that comes to mind is Lego. Um, They have this blog forum that they call Lego Idea, Ideas, excuse me. Um, I love it. I don't know if you've, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Wonderful. Three kids, I love it. It, it, So talented. Oh my God. Yeah. So I think the piece of that that's really cool is there's this opportunity for co-creation between fans of Lego and the brand itself because they can submit ideas for what they want the next Lego kit to be. And then other people in the community can vote on it. And then at the end of the day, how cool is that? If you're like, my idea for a Lego kit was actually developed by Lego. And now tens of thousands of people are playing with a Lego kit that I created. So so that's a really, it's so fun. And a really, it's a really interesting way for also Lego to get a temperature read on what their audience wants. Because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think you, you're not the brand that you say you are. You're the brand that your customers say you are. And so listening to that and having that feedback loop and then directly implementing that to the products for the customer, it's customer centric marketing. You're doing exactly what you want, what they want for them while also supporting your business. I think it's a really great feedback loop and opportunity for brands. And Lego, I think does a really great job. Great example. So, and bringing it back to Sir Kensington's, you do you have a VIP? Do you have a group of evangelists that you leverage? What does that look like? Yes. So we have what we call the VITs. So our, I love it. But so yes. So they were our original taste buds, and we just that was like the name to beat um, when we were brainstorming ideas for how to to grow that community. Um, but we knew we wanted to keep our VITs are very important taste buds within their own like micro community because they are our original super fans, like our number ones. And we collected these, these VITs over the past year or so based on them just reaching out to us through customer service um, or reaching out through Instagram DMs being just like raised about a specific product or just loving our brand or asking us for stickers to represent our brand. Um, So they're a group of about 60 right now. And so they, they can do so much for us. And I think they can really help bring back this idea of brand loyalty um, because in today's world, consumers have a stunning amount of choice. We're, we're no longer tied to what our local stores have to offer. We can, thanks to Amazon, we can order anything we want from anywhere at any time. Um, and have it delivered directly to us. So there is, we're just inundated with options and with all of these options so readily available, we're really open to trying new things. That's like another mindset shift that has happened. We're not so nostalgic to our mom and dad's traditional brands, but on the flip side of that, brand loyalty has really suffered because of that. Um, So repeat customers, like I had mentioned previously, are, are really hard to come by. Um, because of all this choice. So I think this super fan group, the VITs, really allows us to build credibility through this authentic exposure because they are our like number one group of people we go to if, if we want feedback on something, if we want to offer them something first before anybody else and get their thoughts on it. Um, we also have hosted like virtual lunches during this pandemic for them just to stay connected. And we sent them 
our whole line of everything sauces before they hit shelves and just like these little special things to help again going back to engagement like having these meaningful interactions with them can go such a long way because now they're essentially ambassadors for us. And unpaid, correct? Unpaid, completely unpaid, completely unpaid. And our investment in like the product samples we send and things super low compared to all of the other marketing channels we invest in. And their word of mouth and their advocacy is scalable through through what yep. you're doing. Yeah, that's really yep, incredible. Exactly. Yeah, they promote our brand and products by themselves and bring new people and new fans in without us having to pay them at all, which is invaluable, I think. It's just, it's so incredible. I'm sure there's people listening that that is the ultimate goal. I mean, to have evangelists, super fans, a real relationship, and then have them talking about you at scale and you're not paying them. So there's the authenticity of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's power behind their words. So I think there's definitely brands listening that wish they had that, but it is possible to build. You've done it. Yeah. And it goes back to quality. Like I mentioned, there's only 60 of them total. And at the end of the day, like compared to Heinz, 60 people is nothing. But to us, those 60 means so much more to us than having a million people following us on Instagram. It's a very, very different, different relationship. And it's so much more valuable. Yeah. And a different mindset. So people are going to have to rethink So as my last question, which, you know, I like to just ask, is there a funny story or experience or something positive throughout your career that you can share with our audience today? Yes. So uh, this is actually one of my favorite stories. So as you may know, we have, we launched a magazine at Sir Kensington's called Sandwich. And we were able to build up this cohort of followers on Instagram that just like love sandwiches. And so in our quest to like grow this community around this like very specific culinary experience, we ended up filming some ads that feature me as the chief sandwich officer, the CSO, which yes. So we had a really great time. One day we filmed like 10 different ads, me being like so funny and goofy and like off the cuff, like we, I say sandwich aficionado. I invite people into my office to enjoy sandwiches with me. And it was just a lot of fun. And it's just a really good reminder that we can't take ourselves too seriously. And at the end of the day, we always joke about this. We're, we're just mayo marketers. It's not <laughs> that serious. So I think there's always, while hitting goals and staying on track for objectives and sales and all of that, like really good reminder to just savor really fun moments too and not take yourself too seriously because those ads ended up being like the most fun thing that I had done that week Um, and it was nice to like be on stage again if you will Um, (laughs) going going back to my childhood so fun that is a great story it is a great story it just it shows the authenticity though of your team you know you guys believe in what you're making and putting on shelves and putting in people's mouths and I love that. I mean, I think that yeah. that really comes through in all of your messaging. Are there any final thoughts before we close today? It's been so fun talking to you. I know, Alex, I could talk to you all day, but any final thoughts, anything to close with? How do people find Sir Kensington's products? Yeah. Oh my God. Of course. So um, final thought. One thing I do want to share internally, we have this idea called the homie factor. And this idea is that if you are really purposeful about your interactions with your customers, your partners, your retailers, 
and prioritize quality engagement, you're able to create these lasting relationships that are truly invaluable to your business. So if you remember anything from this conversation, it's just always have the homey factor um, in everything that you're doing. Yeah. And that's something that we, we coined at Sir Kensington's. Yeah. Um, and remind ourselves of every day because engagement, not just with our consumers, with, with everybody that we work with is hugely important. Love that. I'll leave, I'll leave you with that. <laughs> and then how can we find Sir Kensington? It's on all of the, the shelves in, in the retail stores and on, online as well. Yep. So if you want to know exactly where to find our products in your area, because we are in most major retailers, you can find us in Whole Foods. That's probably um, our biggest channel in the naturals grocers. Uh, but you can go to SirKensingtons.com and uh, check out all the new products that we have. And we have a find it location section on the website to help you with all the different uh, local stores in your area. And then how do they join your community as well? Yeah. So if you go to SirKensingtons.com backslash taste buds, it'll drive you directly to the landing page to become one of our taste buds. Fantastic. Well, Alex, this has been so much fun. I'm sure our listeners now understand why engagement was a theme and how easy it was and uh, the authenticity around what you believe is important when it comes to engagement. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Again, I could talk to you forever and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much, Sue. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Thank you so much, Alex, for sharing your stories with us today. To hear more stories and lessons from Happy Marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on iTunes or Spotify. To learn more about community building, our Vesta solution delivers community-powered marketing to elevate your digital presence, deliver predictive insights, and transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. If you enjoyed my podcast, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review. And I welcome you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Sue Freck or find us at Vesta-Go.com.